It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. All right, we want to say greetings to everyone. Thank you all so much for uh, joining me today. Uh, we've got some things that the Lord has laid on my heart to share. As you can see by the title of uh, this particular message, it's called The Painted Picture. And it's something I really feel like the Lord wants me to uh, uh, share with you all today. So if you have your Bibles, let's go to the first chapter of the book of James. And we're going to just go over a few scriptures today. And uh, really, uh, my prayer is that you, it, this message uh, will cause you to have a, um, to, do, to, to do an evaluation. You know, sometimes I believe the Lord wants to do that. Some of you, you work on jobs where uh, you have an annual or semi-annual eval. It's where uh, your supervisor uh, talks with you, someone that is dealing with you closely, that is over you. They uh, talk with you about your strengths, but they also talk with you about your weaknesses and the things that you could do better uh, concerning your job. And sometimes that's hard for people. You know, there are people I've seen, they cry when they come out of an eval, or what we call an eval, because they're not, you know, you can go along and you can think that you're doing okay and you can really think that you're doing a good job. And uh, and you may be in certain areas, but then there are some areas where you need to grow. And so people, sometimes people just are not used to uh, being told that they need to step it up, that they need to do better. Uh, but God sends his ministers uh, to speak his word and to help people to grow closer to him. And sometimes, if we're not careful, what what can be so heartbreaking about those evals, naturally so, is you can be thinking that you're doing such a good job, you can think that you're next in line for a raise or a promotion, and then your, your supervisor, they drop a bomb on you like, uh, yeah, you're doing a good job in this and this area, but you need to grow in this, this, and this. You're slacking up or, you know, whatever. And so, but what what? What's heartbreaking about it is that people have, uh, they think highly of themselves. You know, they really think, oh, I'm showing up for work. I'm showing up for work on time. And I've even seen people, uh, heard people uh, tell me that they thought that because they were a good worker that they could show up late or, you know, it didn't matter what time they came in. Just show up. As long as they were doing the job, they were fine. And so, of course, when you come to the Lord, he'll check that. Whatever uh, time you're supposed to be at work, you'll be there. You see that? And I was always taught, especially in business school, that if you're supposed to be somewhere uh, at 8 o'clock, then, you you know, that's the time your job starts. You actually need to be there a few minutes before then, sitting there ready to work, not walking through the door, not pulling up in the parking lot, not right down the street, not right down the highway. Uh, you need to be sitting there already, wherever, whatever your job is, uh, if you have a desk job, you need to be sitting there at that time, not just pulling up 
And so we can get so high-minded sometimes, and I'm talking spiritually now, you listen, we can get so high-minded sometimes that we think that because we're a good worker, that we have received a few raises or promotions, that that it excuses our behavior in other areas. You see that? And that's not, of course, that's not God's will. Uh, We can think that because we have grown spiritually, or we can think because our eyes have been open to certain things, and uh, when you're talking about racing, you can think that because you have ran a long way already, that you can put it on cruise control. You see that, that you can just cruise and onto the finish line, and that's not God's will. So you have your Bibles, the first chapter of the book of James. We're going to start reading at verse 22. Actually, we'll start uh, reading at verse 21. It says, Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness. You see that? So you lay all of that apart. You see, in other words, lay it aside with that saying, put it away is what he's saying. says, and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your soul. So it's time to lay all of that junk to the side. Lay it all to the side. And he says, receive with meekness the engrafted word. Now that, that's something, you know, it's amazing to me that people can go to church for years. Uh, they can play church but they have not received the word of God with meekness. It's one of those things that just, they just have not received the word of God with meekness. You see that? It says receive it. It says receive the engrafted word, which is able to save your soul. So that's the purpose of the word. You don't, you don't cruise with it. Verse 22 says, but be ye doers of the word. So how do you know that you've received the word? When you become a doer of it. You can know something. You can know better than to do certain things but you haven't received it if you're not doing it. You see that? So this tells us, verse 22, but be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving who? Your own selves. Now, here's the thing. When you are not a doer of the word, but you are here, you go to church every Sunday or you listen in, whatever the case is, and you hear the word, and you're not a doer, you can deceive yourselves into really thinking that you have received the word because you don't have a problem with what has been preached. But the fact of the matter is, if you're not a doer of the word, then that means you have not received the word. Even if you have deceived yourself into thinking that you received it because you didn't have a problem with it. You, you could say, okay, yeah, I could see that. That's the truth. You know, acknowledging that something is the truth and receiving the word is two different things. You see that? Acknowledging it and receiving it is two different things. A man or a woman can acknowledge that they have a child, but that don't mean that they'll receive that child. You know, they may put them out some kind of way, you see. So it's two different things. Verse 23, for if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like unto a man, beholding his natural face in a glass. Now, the word glass there is really, it means mirror. So you're a man. You're like a person, a person that, Here's the word, but they're not a door. They're like a man looking at himself in the mirror. So you, you come to church, you hear the word preached, you can say, yeah, I can see how I need to grow in that area. I can see how I need to grow in this area. And so you're beholding yourself. Now, the word is clear to you. You know what it's saying, and you know how you're lining up with it. But look at what it says. Verse 24, for he beholdeth himself and goeth his way. So you come to church, you hear the word, you say, okay, yeah, that's the truth. 
you know. Well, look at what it says. It goes his way and straightway. In other words, that word straightway means immediately. He forgetteth what manner of man he was. You see that? So immediately, this person forgets how they are. Now, when, as long as you, as long as you're sitting there in the congregation in the assembly and you're hearing the word, it's like being before the Lord, and the Lord is really pointing it out to you. And and you're, you're very conscious and you're very aware of your condition. But then you leave, and as soon as you leave, it, it's not the same. Like that, that feeling that you have that you really need to get it together, that you really need to get right with God, it's gone. And and so what? And it says, forget it. What manner of man he was? And so that person that that hears the word but don't do it, they they have amnesia. They forget what manner of man they were. Now, why? The question is why? How can a person forget after they sat under the word just a few minutes ago? Sat under the word, maybe were were convicted of what they've heard. They know that they need to line up with it. It's very clear to them. The shortcomings that they have, you know, and the things that they slacked off in, is very clear to them what manner of man they were. In other words, what they're saying is, what makes them forget how they really are? You know, after they've acknowledged and after they could see and hear very clearly what the word is saying, what makes them forget it? i tell you what that painted picture that they have of themselves. You know, it's kind of like, uh, you know, we have these devices now. We have cameras, phone cameras. We have cameras. We have software. And, um, you know, you, you can uh, take a picture of yourself, and you can look, and you can see those blemishes there, and you can say, you know, I, 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 that's me, but I really don't like what I see. And so you know what happens? You've got all kind of filters in, in software and in, that's installed in these cameras that you can almost make yourself look like a cartoon, just a real soft face. You don't see any blemishes, and that's what you go with. And so then you print it out. You print the picture out, and you put it on social media somewhere, and every time you see your picture, which is something that you have adjusted through filters, you say, oh, I'm cute. I, it ain't nothing. God really blessed me today and forever. You see, I I look really nice. And you, so every time you see that picture, that's what you see is what you have fixed yourself up to be. Same thing with makeup. You know, people put on makeup because obviously, uh, now I'm gonna just be just blunt with it. You don't like what you see, or you because if you really did, you wouldn't feel the need to enhance it. You don't like what God created, so, you know, you want it in your mind enhance it. Now, the devil has said you're just enhancing yourself, but in reality, you just don't like what you see. That's what really. That's what it really is, you see that. So you do that, and you walk around looking in the mirror, and you think, oh, this is really me, except at nighttime, most of you, I imagine, you take the makeup off, and then you become yourself again. Now, I always think that's strange, that at the time that you're spending the most time with your spouse, uh, that's when you taking your makeup off you see, sometimes. And so you get used to looking at yourself, and the only time that you don't see yourself the really, uh, really the way that you are, you know, a majority of the time is when you sleep, and that as well spiritually. 
people don't see the way they truly are because they're sleeping. They dress themselves up and they painted a picture of themselves that's not true. And the Bible makes it clear that these people, they deceive themselves. They don't notice it, don't think they deceive, and, and they deceive other people. They themselves. You see that? Some years ago, uh, when I was younger and we were in Brother Junior's church, um, in the church that I, you know, came up in, uh, my mother, of course, when I was young, you know, back then people went garage selling, and I, I still like to do that. If I see a garage sale, I still like to look and see what they have. You see, I don't, I don't mind buying something used if it's good. I, I don't. It doesn't matter to me how used it is, you know, as long as it'll do, do uh, the purpose of what I'm buying it for. And so my mother, uh, that was her thing. Just about every Saturday, she'd go what they call garage selling. She'd go from, you know, and and and. and through the neighborhood and through the town, you know, looking for a good garage sale. That's what women did when I was growing up. And uh, she bought a dress and uh, really liked the dress. She said the dress looked really nice. And so that next time we went to church, she wore the dress, and she said, now these are her words, I really thought I was looking cute. Really thought I was looking cute. Uh, she just, you know, just tossing around in, in, in church there, just, and people complimenting her on the dress. And when the, right when church service was over, uh, this lady pointed out to her that she had a tag on the dress. And, you know, you know how it was back then. I, I imagine it's that way today as well. Uh, you had a garage sale. They, they tear off a piece of tape and stick it on whatever it is they're selling, and they write with a marker how much they're selling it for or uh, ink pen or whatever. And so there it was, my mother walking around in, 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 in the church there and in the store, wherever she else she may have gone in that dress, uh, thinking she was cute. And she might have been, you see. Uh, but there was a telltale sign <laughs> on that dress uh, to let everybody know, even if she wasn't aware that it was there, to let everybody know that she picked that up at a garage sale. Now, of course, you know, I, it shouldn't matter, but see, Sometimes when we're, we're high-minded, you see, we we forget that we got that tag there. We forget that it's a sticker, that we're, you know, it's something stamped on us that's not right. You see that? And everybody else can see it but us because we choose not to see it, because we've painted a picture of ourselves that's not in line with God's word, that's not the truth about ourselves. That's not God. What do you think? Of, even about the term, you know, the term makeup, you know, when people put on makeup or uh, women put on makeup, I imagine, yeah, now there are men that actually do that. You know, think about what the word means, makeup. In other words, you're made up, false. That's not the real you. It's something that's made up. And, and that's what we do spiritually. We we put on makeup. And we, we why? For the public. Most most women, when they put on makeup, they're not putting it on if they're just going to stay at home all day, just lay in bed and just lounge around and relax. They put on makeup because they want to look nice a lot of times when they go out, or they want to look nice to other people. And that is what takes place spiritually. People want to look nice to other people. The only problem is everybody can everybody knows that you've got makeup on. They know that's not really you. People know when you got weave in your hair and all of that, well, you know, a lot of them, they know that's not really you. 
But you can walk around thinking that you're cute. You can walk around thinking that, you know, you got it all together. And that's what happens spiritually. People put on makeup. They do all of these different things. And, you know, I tell you, it's the grace of God that finally wakes people up and makes them say, hey, you know what, I'm off. Now, here's the thing. You may have a lot of times when people get saved. Now, we're not talking about salvation versus not being saved, okay? But a lot of times when people get saved, they're really, really sold out to God. They're really on fire for the Lord. And they're all in. But as time goes on, they begin to compromise here and there. You know, they begin to pick and choose what they want to obey versus what they want, don't want to obey. And as, as, and the devil brings it just very slowly. And before you know it, they're in a backslidden state, and they don't even realize that they're backslidden. They just think, you know, I'm struggling. I got my struggles just like every other Christian. But if you if you will think about how you were when you first gave your life to the Lord, when you first committed your life to the Lord, how how on fire you were for God versus where you are now. Now, what happens a lot of times is first come to the Lord, we're on fire, and that is what's implanted in our mind and our memory so that when we are down the road a few years later and we've done some compromising, we still think we're that individual that was on fire back then. We just think, well, I've hit a couple of rough patches. No, you compromise. Now, I want God is saying all of this because he wants you to take inventory of where you are now. Most of you, well, you know when you first get a job, you're doing everything, you're crossing all of your T's and dotting all your I's, and you're making sure you're at work on time and you want to make this good impression. Then as time goes on, you see what kind of person your boss really is. You see that that job is just like every other job you done quit or you don't resign from, you just tired of the people, and you need the Lord's strength to help you to get through, and you got to pray every time before you go to work, what happens is you begin to slack up. It don't matter to you if you show up on time. God will bless me with another job. This is God wants me to be treated better than this. But the problem is your attitude, and because you started off gung-ho, you begin to change. Part of that, now speaking spiritually, part of it is because when a lot of times when you first come to the Lord, God is making himself real to you because it's very important that he knows that it's very important that you know that he's real. And so you recognize all of these things that God is doing in your life, and then God will pull back. Why? Because he wants you to walk by faith, not by how many miracles you see. That's for babies. Babies need that encouragement. But after a while, God will pull back. You're not seeing him every day. Why? Because God wants you to grow. He wants you to be able to walk and know that he's on your side even when you can't see him. And then what happens is we begin to lose zeal. We begin to lose that fire because we've painted a picture of ourselves and we've hung it up in our living room, and we still think we look like that, except we don't. And every time you come home, every time you inspect yourself, you've got something 
you got what they call a throwback picture. That's a throwback. That's how you were back then. But is that the way you are now? Are you still on fire for God? Are you still willing to die for him and die for the cause? Are you still crucifying your flesh? Or have you compromised and you're in a backslidden state and don't even realize it? You see that? Look what that says, verse 24. For he beholdeth himself and goeth his way and straightway. In other words, immediately forget what manner of man he was. Is it that you're not that way anymore? No, you're still that way. You're still that way. The problem is you're not in the Word constantly. Your, your prayer life is slacked up. And so, of course, you, you, you walk away from that and you think, hey, I'm still good. Yeah, any, any you know, just speaking naturally, any ugly person looks good as long as they're by themselves, as long as it's just them. But when you compare yourself to the Word of God, you know, I found out we have some, uh, in my in my home, we have what we call antique white walls. Now, you can just about look at that and tell that it's not a, a pure white wall, but it's an, it, 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 it's an what they call an off-white. And many of us, that's what we are, spiritually, off-white. And we think that because we're in the white family, that we're fine. But, you know, I, when I, 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 I tried to uh, get some uh, paint, and I thought, well, I'd get some off-white paint. And the man said, you know, there are many off-whites. We need a sample of of what it is so that we can match it up exactly. He said, because there are more um, um, different types of white than any other color. And I thought, now, that's very interesting, especially spiritually speaking, that many of us, we come and, and we, we live our life and we've been tainted by things of the world and we don't even realize just how off we are. But the word of God lets us know. So let's look let's look at what the instruction is. Verse twenty five. It says, But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. You see that? So what is the key there? Continually reading God's word, continually Searching the scriptures. The, Jesus told us when he walked his earth, he said, search the scriptures, but in them you think you have eternal life. You see? In other words, your job as a believer is to constantly be in God's word because as soon as you get over this hump, as soon as you realize and you come to the conclusion, okay, I'm not lining up with this, you know what happened? God will show you something else. You'll see just how wretched you really were. You may think I'm a good person. I'm a I'm a good person, you know, and you may be as long as you're comparing yourself to other people who you deem as worse off than you are. But that 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 has nothing to do with how you look in God's eyes. Now that ought to be your concern, and you can see clearly God is not hiding it, and then just going to spring that on your own judgment day. You see that? No, he, he lets you know his word is that, what he expects. And so if you continue in the perfect law of liberty, in other words, in God's word, you won't be a forgetful hearer. Why? Because the word is constantly before you. 
And no longer will you go by that painted picture that you've hung on the wall that you've gotten touched up and everybody compliment you on every time they come to your house. Now, again, we're speaking spiritually. No longer will you go by this perfect act that you put on when you do come to church or when you're among believers. No longer will you go by it. You won't go by the compliments of others. You won't even go by the works that you do for Christ, the things, the gifts that he's given you. You won't go by that. When you get done preaching, when you get done singing, when you get done prophesying, when you get done allowing God to use you, you're not going to go by how he uses you and how many people are blessed by how he has used you when you're out among his people. You know what you'll go by? You'll go by what you see in your quiet time when you're studying God's word, and you'll acknowledge, Lord, you know, I'm, I'm really grateful that you're using me. I'm really grateful that you are helping me, and you know, are helping others through me. But you know, Lord, I got some things in me that's not right according to your word. And and I don't want to be one of those people that stand before you, and I've blessed so many other people in your kingdom, but I myself, I'm a castaway because I'm not lining up with it. Lord, I don't want to be one of those people that do all of these wonderful things for in your kingdom and equip that to my salvation and to my spiritual walk with you. Listen, don't ever think that because God is using you, that some kind of way you are in right standing with God. You do not have to be in right standing with God for God to use you. No more than you have to be in right standing with other human beings and, 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 and for them to use you. People will use you. You see that? So, and, and, and not care about you. You don't even have to have a relationship with people for people to use you. So the same is true with the Lord. The Lord will use you and then let you go to hell thinking that you're right. So this is a wake-up call. Let's not deceive ourselves. Let's not think that we're in a place that we're not. Continue to read God's word. Continue to pray. And I want to encourage you all to pray this prayer. Lord, is there anything in me is there anything in my life that's not pleasing to you? I'm not saying to pray, Lord, is there anything that's going to keep me from going to heaven? A Lord, you know, I just want to, because a lot, of, a lot of us, that's the mentality that we have. Lord, I just don't want to do the seven deadly sins or whatever sins is going to keep me from going to heaven. Lord, I really want to go to heaven. But you know, when you really love the Lord, it's not just doing enough to get by. That's not enough for you. You'll have a mind, Lord, is it anything in my life that's not pleasing to you? We can be doing some things. You know, you 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 that are married, you can have a spouse that may never tell you about some things that you're doing that just work their nerves. They but just because they love you, they may never tell you. You know what? That 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 all that smacking you do when you eat, that sucking your teeth and popping gum and all of that, that really hurts me. I really wish you wouldn't do that. They may not ever tell you that. But when you love somebody, you're going to ask them. You're concerned with what pleases them. And if you really, really love God, 
You're concerned with what pleases him. Not just You're not just concerned with self and making sure that you're getting to heaven, but on your way there, you want to make sure that what you're doing is pleasing him. And many of us, we've gotten out of our way because we've heard the Lord speak to us and say, this is my beloved child in whom I well please. And you know what? That was four or five years ago. He may have been pleased. And you took a picture at that moment and hung it on a wall for good memory to remind you of that. But the question is, are you still that person in the picture? You see that? Are you still that individual you were when you first came to the Lord? Have you sold out to God? Or have you sold God out by compromising, by doing different things that's not pleasing to him? And, and continuing on, you know, and thinking that you're the same just because you go to church or just because you have some kind of religious uh, religiousness about you. You see that? Listen, your ability to be able to see certain things, your ability to be able to spot certain things, that's not enough. You have to continue in God's word so that you can be what the word of God says you're supposed to be, not the picture that you have painted in the, in your mind about yourself. And that's one of the reasons why we have so many people today who don't want to be around people, don't, you know, want to be all to themselves because they don't want to be told about themselves. And, and social media promotes it, you know, just be around those people that can appreciate you and celebrate you. And that's what people want is to be celebrated. They don't want to be corrected. They don't want to be challenged to grow. Listen, you don't need a bunch of yes men or yes women around you. You need somebody that's going to help you, that's going to pull you up to the Lord. And don't get offended because they can see that that tag that you have on your dress that you weren't able to see. Don't get mad at them because they can see beyond the makeup and still see the blemishes. You ought to thank God for those people that's honest with you, that's willing to tell you about yourself. You see that? And my prayer is, is that God has struck something in you that that make you want to grow, that make you want to go uh, according to his word, not according to the picture that you have painted about yourself. Amen. We want to say thank you all for joining us today. My prayer is that something was said that has blessed you, and even more than that, that something was said that you will live by that have challenged you, and that you will accept that challenge, pray to the Lord and ask him, is there anything in your life that's not pleasing to him? Pray to the Lord and ask him to show you how far you've gotten off track and ask the Lord to help you to get back to that place that he wants you to be in. Amen. So thank you all for joining us. We look forward to sharing more of God's word with you tomorrow at at, uh, 3 o'clock Saturday which is our new church time, and uh, I, I pray that you will continue to pray for this ministry as God continue to, continue to use us, and we will also keep you all in our prayer. Have a blessed day. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. 
The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.